Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Matthew 20 verse 32. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? Now these were two blind men who Jesus was walking down the road and there were crowds of people all around Jesus and two blind men were begging on the side of the street and they were screaming at the top of their lungs, have mercy on us, son of David. They were asking Jesus for help and the crowd were getting embarrassed because these two were shouting so much and so loud and they started trying to quiet them and Jesus stopped and he turns to them and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Now it's obvious what they need done, they are blind. And they are crying out, have mercy, have mercy, Lord Jesus, help me. But Jesus wants them to say it. Jesus wants them to use their own lips to say in specific terms what they want and need Jesus to do for them. They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. And this wasn't the only time that Jesus did this. In Mark, he did it as well with blind Bartimaeus. He said, what exactly do you want me to do for you? And he had to enunciate exactly what it was. He had to say it. There was another time in John chapter 5 where Jesus goes to a place where all the paralyzed and, and lame people gathered, there was a pool and they believed that every now and again an angel would stir the waters and they would scramble and the first one to get into the water would be healed. So there was a crowd of paralyzed people and there was one man who'd been there for 38 years. And it was obvious that he wanted help. He was next to the pool where healing happened. And Jesus said to him, do you really want to be made well? Because he needed the man himself to put his faith together with God's power and to look into Jesus' eyes and to ask for the specific thing that he wanted help with. I believe there are many of us, and I put myself in this category, who are lying next to the pool of healing, Jesus and the church. And we've been there for maybe 38 years and it's obvious. We say, Lord, have mercy on me, son of David. And we expect him to know what we need help with. And we expect to get the help. But he says to you and to me today, say it. What do you want me to do? What is it? Say it with your own mouth. And when we say it, then the power of God is released. I think we sometimes treat God a bit like my boarding school caterer. When I was a teenager, I was at boarding school, and we would go to the dining hall every day at lunchtime, and we had no choice in the matter. The caterer had decided we were going to have mints, which had about a layer of that much oil on top of the mints, and we were going to have powdered 
uh, scrambled egg, which was really not very nice. And we would have whatever the caterer decided. We had no choice. You couldn't complain. If you complained, you just went hungry. There was no option. You took whatever the caterer had provided. And many of us are passive Christians and we go into uh, a new year or a new period and we think, whatever God wants for me will happen. And God is saying, I am not a mass caterer. I am like when, when I went back from boarding school and I went home and my mom said, what would you like for dinner tonight? And I would say it. <laughs> mom, I love the way you cook that steak just like that. And those peas and that potato, the way you do it. And oh, and that juice, that drink that you, I would love that. And she would say, I'd love to make you. And the meal was exactly what I wanted. And it was so wonderful. God wants us to have a relationship and a partnership with him where we're not just lying back and waiting for things to happen. He wants us to ask him. Ask and you will receive. James says, you have not because you ask not. You know, the Lord's prayer our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then there's several things we ask for. Give us this day our daily bread. But he's already promised us elsewhere that he will provide for all our needs. Forgive us our trespasses. He's already promised us somewhere else he will forgive our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. He's already promised he'll never lead us into temptation. All the things we ask for are things he's already promised, but he wants us to ask anyway. Say it. Amen? Now, there is this problem. I, I just, you know, there's this concept of gleaning. We spoke about it in the book of Ruth, where they would go harvesting in the fields and they would drop a little bit of grain and people who weren't uh, part of the family could come behind and poor people and they could pick up the gleanings that were dropped. God loves to drop little gleanings so that even people who don't know him and who don't acknowledge him can glean some of the benefit of his blessings. So I've read books. There are many books you can read about how to get rich and they're not by Christian people, but many of them say for some reason, if you tithe or if you give to charity or to God, then God, the universe, they call it, whatever they say, it comes back to you. They use a principle in the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible. But the principle works. Even for non-believers, if you give, somehow blessing comes back to you. And rich people, many of them have used this principle. And the same goes with this thing of saying it. There are many, many lecturers out there now, self-help gurus, or Eastern religion teachers who mask their Eastern religion in another name. They call it something else. But they say, imagine what you want. They call it the law of attraction. They say, if you will just imagine what you want, and if you will just say it, then it will come to you. But they don't acknowledge Jesus, and they say it's just the power of the universe or it's just the power of your human spirit. They say that you can draw good things to yourself by just believing it's hard enough or saying it. And then these things will come to you if you can visualize it and say it and it'll come. I want to say to you that what's happened there is God's principle 
has been that he wants to be in partnership with his children where we trust him we look into his eyes we love him he says what do you want me to do for you my child and we say Jesus I want my family to be made well I want my family to be saved and that relationship and that trust sparks something he wants that but the gleanings are such that even people who don't know Jesus can imagine things and say them and they get some measure of success but I want to say to you, if you have been sucked into one of those side alleys of truth, without the real Jesus and without the promises of his word, you're going down a blind alley. You may be getting some results, but it's not what God wants for you. He wants a relationship with his people. Right, I'm going to read you another story. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Verse 22 says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, or that you already have them, and you will have them. So Jesus starts this little passage by saying have faith in God but I need you to know what prompted this conversation a day before Jesus had been walking into Jerusalem and he had been hungry and he'd seen in the distance a fig bush or a fig tree with leaves on it which normally means that there is fruit when there's leaves there's normally fruit even though it wasn't the season for fruit he thought because it had leaves it would have fruit and so he went there he got there there was no fruit on it and he said to the fig tree may you never have fruit on you ever again the following day 24 hours later the disciples are passing by the same fig tree and it's withered and died from the root upwards and the disciples said look the fig tree that you cursed has died now why would Jesus have cursed a fig tree I don't think he was in a bad mood I don't think he was just petulant and said oh you you stupid fig tree I think he was trying to show them that there is power in the words that we say and that God is always looking for fruit not the appearance of fruit but real fruit in people's lives so Jesus was doing an object lesson with his disciples and then he says to them when they said look the, the fig trees died he says have faith in God amazingly assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain that means that that problem that's in your way that means that thing that's blocking you from where you're wanting to go for the Lord whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea does not doubt but believes that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says just say it therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you have received them and you will have them friends again I, I'm putting this out there to people who've been lying next to the pool of healing for maybe many years or many decades and we've got complacent and God is wanting us to use our voice activated weapons to change the world and we have got lazy and we've said if God wants it to happen it'll happen what are the things that God wants to do in you and through you this year 2019 
You know, at the end of Ephesians 3, it says God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or even imagine. God's ability is immense. It's more than you could imagine, but it's usually limited because we are lazy and passive. And he's wanting to work with us, but he says, say it. What do you want me to do for you? But now here's the key. There's a little verse in Lamentations 3, verse 37, which says, Who can speak and have it done if the Lord has not commanded it? Who can speak and have it done if the Lord has not commanded it? In 1 John it says, This is the confidence we have. If we ask anything according to His will, we have what we ask. The problem is that A, we don't speak, or B, we ask according to our own desires. In James, he says, you ask and you do not have because you're asking for your own selfish desires. We've got to say, God, what do you want? Then he tells us what he wants. Then we speak it and the partnership of God and us produces amazing results in the world around us. You say, how do I know what he wants? Well, the Bible says in 2 Peter 1 that God has given us His very great and precious promises so that by them we can escape the corruption of the world and partake of the divine nature. God has made promises to you, friend. The Bible has thousands of promises in it. Thousands. To Abraham, to Adam, to Israel, to Joseph, to Moses, to David to the disciples, to us. The Bible is full of promises. Now you might say, well, which promises are for me? How do I know what God wants for me? And 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. I'll just quote it out of the New International Version. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. God gives promises all through the Bible, but when Jesus arrives, He is the lens that focuses all those promises in one person. And when I look to Jesus and I have a relationship with Him and I love Him and worship Him, all of those promises, the ones to Abraham, to Moses, to David, to Israel, to Joseph, to everybody, they are yes in Christ. And the Amen is spoken by us. We've got to say it. And then the glory goes to God. And the promises of God are the, the amazing written out instructions that God says, this is my will for you for this year ahead. And many of us are lying next to a pool of healing. And we're saying, God, why is nothing happening in my life? And he says, get my promises. Get them into your heart. Look into my eyes. Listen when I say, what do you want me to do? And then speak it and watch my power unfold in your life. Right. One last story. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. <laughs> the things that the world said would help her 
actually caused her to suffer. She had this bleeding, an ongoing bleeding. It would weaken her. It would make her feel unwell. It cost her all of her money trying to get it fixed, but it also made her ceremonially unclean, which means she couldn't go to any of the temple services. She was excluded from life. For 12 years, she'd had this, and she'd gone to doctors, but it says she had suffered from many doctors. The things that the world said would help her had actually hurt her. I wonder if any of us are in that position. We've suffered. We've had many years of trying what the world says will help and it hasn't helped. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, what did she hear, I wonder? What do you think she heard? She heard, there's this amazing man. He claims to be the Son of God. He speaks God's love and power and truth. He heals people. He raises the dead. He casts out demons. When she heard the promises of God in the person of Jesus, when she heard, have you heard the promises of God? Have you heard about the real Jesus, not the religious one, the real one in the pages of the Bible? Because when you hear the, the real Jesus, you get a sense of the promises of God and faith springs up. Have you heard about what Jesus wants for you for this year ahead? When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She said, she said it. She actually spoke the words, if I touch his clothes, I will be made well. Now, where she got that idea, I don't know. She had interpreted the promises of God and the goodness of God and the goodness of Jesus to say, if I can touch him, I'll be made well. And there were crowds pressing around Jesus. So much so, let's read on. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. It, it, it was like a, a pressing crowd. If you've ever been to a train station or in the tube or, or at a concert or at a sporting match or whatever, where there's just crowds of people, so much so that you can hardly move, they were thronging around Jesus. And this woman heard about Jesus. She said, if I can touch him, but then she pushed her way through. Bear in mind, she's weak, she's been defeated for 12 years, and she's ceremonially unclean, which means she's not allowed to be in the crowd, but she pushes through the people. She forces her way. She puts her head between two other people's torsos, and she pushes and pushes and elbows her way through, and she gets to Jesus. She touches the garment. Can you see how different that is from the man who lies next to the pool for 38 years. There's something about this woman. She says, I've got a part to play. If I can touch him, he will heal me. Not Kesara Sarah. Not whatever will be, will be. No, God has a plan and I must just touch him. 
And the disciples said to Jesus, what do you mean who touched you? He touched you, he touched you, he touched you, he touched you. Look at all these people. There are thousands of people around you. Everyone touched you. But Jesus was saying, somebody touched me in a different way to all these others. Because they knew that they had to do their part. They had faith. They were expecting me to do something this year. But notice this. Jesus is not just in the business of dispensing spiritual power. He's in the business of looking in someone's eyes and saying, Who are you? I love you. Do you know me? Let's form a relationship. He, he won't move on until he's seen and spoken to the person. Because you can get healing by going through principles, by gleaning what God drops. You could come to a church service and get, experience healing in your body, but that doesn't mean you know Jesus until you've looked in his eyes and you've said, I love you and I worship you. He says, who was it? And he's looking around. He will not move on until he sees the woman. And eventually she comes and she kneels before him. She says, Lord, it's me. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. That little phrase, your faith has made you well, is the exact phrase in Greek that is translated, your faith has saved you, in Luke chapter 7, to a different person. It's the same phrase. It's the, the Greek word sozo means healed and saved. And so what Jesus was saying, she had already been healed, but when he saw her and interacted with her, he was saying, now you're really healed in your spirit. You are saved because you've made a relationship with me. So friends, I need to challenge you. Have you and I been lying next to the pool of healing, right next to the source of all the good things that God has for us, and God is saying, what do you want me to do? And we're saying, oh, oh well. I've lost, I've lost courage. I, I've, I'm just tired of this. I've, I've tried before. I've believed before. He says, push through the crowd. Say it with your mouth. Believe that what you say is what I want to do. Get my promises in your heart. Look into my eyes and, and form a relationship with me and say the things that God wants for you for the year ahead. Now, this is different to what the world says. The world says, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Get some self-discipline. Get a gym membership. Stop eating so much. Start jogging. Do this, do that, do whatever, and then your life will be right. No, God says... Form a relationship with me. Look into my eyes. Realize I love you as you are. But look, together we can do so much more. Get my promises from my word and start speaking them. And thanking God for them. Saying, God, I thank you that you, you have great plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Thank you, God, that all my children will be taught from the Lord and great will be their peace. Thank you, God, that you, I am your workmanship prepared to do good works which you prepared in advance for me this year. Thank you, God, that you have given me gifts and spiritual abilities to use for you. Thank you, God, that you want me to be a blessing, to bless and to be a blessing. There's so many promises in the Word that we can start claiming for ourselves, for our work, for our ministry, for our family. 
But I want to say to us, let's not stop there. Let's not get lazy. Let's not limit God. Let's say, God, what more have you got for us? Let our imaginations expand. Say, God, what are you promising me in your word? Let me expand my expectations. What could you have for me for this year, for my family, for my health, for my work, for my ability to give finance, for all the different things that you plan for me? And then start saying it and believing it and thanking him in advance. You know that verse I read in Mark 11, it says, when you pray, believe that you have it and then you will have it. Lord, thank you that you've already promised and you've already done this thing. And we just thank him continually for this whole year. We're just thanking him for his promises based on what he says, not on our own desires and based on our relationship with him, not just some weird force and principle of the universe. We trust God and we work together with him. We say it and we see amazing things happen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.